those of you who haven't been at my website, go to StonehillWealthManagement.com. Click on the 401k tab. We got a Stonehill 401k service that you've probably heard about. It's great for businesses that are small businesses, businesses between zero and maybe 150 employees. Uh, we provide love and service to the employees about how to plan and invest for retirement and a whole host of other uh, benefits that we give. It's all on the site. Check it out, Stonehill401k.com. We create startup plans and help with selecting the investments and educating and advising our clients on how to invest and how to best reach their retirement goals. All right, principle we're talking about today is faith. So this weekend, and this is a spoiler alert, so if you have not watched Jingle Jangle, I'm not going to spoil it too much, but I'm going to talk about a pretty important theme so, so you know, pause this if you don't want to hear about the theme of the of the story, but you won't be missing too much. I'm definitely not going to tell the movie. But we, we watched Jingle Jangle as a family this past weekend, which was a, a Christmas movie with Felicia Rashad in it and Forrest Whitaker. You know, I, I thought it was pretty cool because I'm trying to remember in my mind if I've ever seen a African-American-led Christmas story in my lifetime that was, like, big mainstream I can't I can't think of one so so we watched it it's pretty and it was you know really good movie on Netflix so check it out but you know in part of it right so the story the and this is on the uh intro so I'm not giving away this part either but it's about a an inventor who's like a you know toy maker but he's an inventor who is like one of the best inventors out or the best inventor out there and he loses his mojo after certain bad things happen in his life which he was no longer able to produce the hit toys that he was able that he made before he lost his mojo and they find out throughout the story that one of the main reasons why he lost his mojo was he lost faith he had the background and the ability to build the inventions but the inventions wouldn't work because he wouldn't infuse his work with faith and part of the story is him you know um, beating his granddaughter and her helping him get back his faith so he can get back his magic. Great movie. Great movie. And, and you know, it's funny. I was watching it thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm one of those dads, right? So I like to talk to my kids about the theme of the story and, 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 and go super nerd on it. But I wanted to talk to them about it because as a kid, I missed that, right? As a kid, you believe in magic, and then you find out magic is fake, and then you lose all the morals of the story of what magic was all about, right? And, and I'm looking back, and I'm like, oh, you know, magic really is, is faith, you know, applied faith, right? And because you, you're not able to do, there's nothing that's, you know, there's nothing that we can't do when we put our minds to it, but it all requires faith, right? So, you know, imagine a hundred years ago, somebody going to, you know, a human being and saying, hey, we can go to the moon, right? Or imagine, you know, 10 years ago, somebody saying, hey, I don't have to go to corporate America. I like I like toys, and so I'm going to review toys on YouTube and make $27 million a year, which is like somebody does on YouTube, right? Or all these technologies and, and, and things that we're inventing as human beings consistently every day, every year, right? But it, it requires, A, the expertise, and B, it requires faith. So you can't have blind faith. So there's a lot of folks at home that are just sitting at home saying, I wish, I hope, I wish, I hope, you know, I'm going to have this, right? I think, I think I separate hope from faith, right? So I call hope just hoping, right? There's no action behind it. I call faith 
faith comes when you mix work work with belief, right? And and to me, that is that is faith, right? So and it doesn't matter what you do, like if you want to um, be successful in any aspect of your life, it requires faith. Now, now here's the deal: some people say, "All right, Phil. Well, I remember a time where, I, you know, I had the knowledge, you know, I had the expertise, I had the faith, but it didn't work." That's just life, right? There's, it didn't say, you know, through faith you're guaranteed to make it worth to make it work. It just means faith is a requirement for it to work. So you're definitely not going to get it without faith, right? And the way that life is set up is we all have our journeys, we all have our paths, right? We all have things that are important for us to to, to get over time, and 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 maybe at that point in time there was something that we needed to learn that was missing in the works part that we needed to become successful, right? So so you you fail at things even if you have faith and you put in the work because there's maybe some missing element or it just might be how things turned out and there might be a different, better path for you later. But my point here is you, you can't do anything major without faith that you create and that you're not being given. And so faith is super important, one of the most important principles of success out there. Let's move to economics. And why are economics important? And why do I keep talking about it? Because like when you're running a business or you're investing if if or if you're just a, a citizen of a country trying to understand politics, you need to understand economics because economics is kinda like a computer or a clock or a machine because economies are run by humans. Humans operate basically the same way for hundreds of thousands of years, right? If you read the Bible or any you know, which the Bible is the one of the longest stories of humans in, in our history and how we did throughout time interacting with each other, right? But there's patterns, right? Sociology is a study of, you know, economics really is the mix between, you know, money and anthropology. That's the word I'm looking for. Anthropology, the study of study of people. But 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 the point is economies work the same way. They have worked the same way for, for years and years and years. And if you understand the principles around the economy, and how that works, it'll help you know how to place your money, how to position yourself in business, because, you know, history doesn't, you know, do the same thing over and over again exactly, but it but it rhymes. So let's look at an example of, of what I mean. So you can look at what's going on right now, right? Or, or to go, let's look at what happened in the 1970s, right? So this is the early 70s. Here's what was going on in the world. You had slowing growth around the world globally. You had lots of debt in the system. You had uh, a big technological revolution that happened in the 60s where, you know, TVs, radios got bigger because they had been invented before, but it got they started really taking over the economy. You had drive-throughs. You had space computers. All these kind of new innovations that was happening, which the way people are, were in the, in the markets were betting on that was the nifty 50, right? So people who, I don't know what age group this is, but people who are in their 60s definitely remember the nifty 50, the Nifty 50 was the same version of the Fang today. So the Fang stocks, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, right? The Nifty 50 of that time was like McDonald's, Coke, you know, these companies that were changing how we did business in the country, right? Which y'all might think that wasn't super t- McDonald's. How was that a technology? Drive throughs, like, you know, you know, Uber today, home delivery, right? It's convenient. McDonald's made restaurants. They te- They changed the restaurant, right? So... Similar, you know, similar profile, you know, those, those 
stocks, you know, crashed in the 50s after have been, you know, you had a big euphoric bubble where everybody was an investor, everybody was going into the same nifty 50 stocks. It crashed and money moved overseas, right? This will be important as I wrap this up later. You had a loss of faith in paper money because there was so much debt and the government started printing money crazily, right? You had a loss of faith in paper money, so cash bonds. The world was in turmoil, right? Lots of tension around the world. And, and so what does this sound like today? People, you know, because think about it. The end of the 60s was civil rights. They killed King in 68. When did Kennedy die? Sometime in the 60s as well. So you had like... Same tension all around the world and in the country, and that sounds like now, right? Like same, or not exact same, but similar things going on in the world, and you start to think, okay, now how did you know, now? Then you start to think, all right, how should I maybe think about investing in that current environment? What investments did well in the seventies, early eighties, right? You know, what businesses did well around that time, right? And 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 and. It's not as easy as going and, you know, because we know, like, gold, because people didn't trust paper money, gold did well throughout that period of time. You have gold having a resurgence, and you have Bitcoin, which is a new—and and, and let, me, let me give you even more context. So gold was restricted for a long period of time. Around the 70s was when they started making legal to own again, and it, and it took off. And so now gold is taking off again, but you have a new form of currency that people are latching on to that's— now available crypt- cryptocurrency that that a lot of people have a lot of faith with. So, you know, place mark that in your memory. But you also had, you know, when the U.S. market crashed, you had money go overseas into Japan. And so Japan, you know, was like the place to invest, you know, from the late 70s, 80s till 89. And if you look at valuations in the world, you're like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting companies outside the U.S. that are relatively cheap, which means they're priced very well for growth once we're out of this bubble, because we're still in the fang, quote unquote, nifty 50 type bubble, right? And so you can't just, unless you want to be super patient, take all your money and go there now because you it, it, it may play out for another 10 years or five years or whatever. So um, you got the lost opportunity cost of not having your money positioned right to continue to participate in the, in the current trend. But what I'm at talking about is just paying attention, just saying, oh, okay, it's, it, this is not something new. Same thing happens over and over again. So I need to pay attention, right? And I need to begin to um, allocate my assets in a way that is paying attention to what's going on in the economy. I need to even think in business terms, right? You know, with all of this change, right, there became new millionaires. The people who own McDonald's franchises became millionaires. There's a lot of, you know, radio people who are buying radio stations that became millionaires. You got built on top of the radio and then cable that came next personalities and and, and, and and companies that were built on top of these new platforms that, that made the Howard Stearns and the all these radio personalities that have lots of money, right? Without all that technology and all that stuff that came through, maybe the NBA wouldn't have, you know, risen or the NFL. And you, so you have a, you like, I think we take for granted that, you know, millionaire athletes and millionaire entertainers, that wasn't the case in the 70s. Like this all became possible through through innovations that came about in the 50s and 60s that really accelerated after the crash in the in the in the mid 70s right because of because of you know the necessity of innovation needing to happen so pay attention do some research this is why I love biographies uh, and history yeah that's the economic thought for today final thought people who create wealth this this was a this was a 
a quote. I'm going to actually read the specific quote because I texted it to my homeboy after I heard it today. I was listening to a Real Vision interview, and Chamath Palahaptia, who's a billionaire, you know, venture guy, he basically said, the people I know who became wealthy didn't start out focusing on wealth. They focused on solving really hard problems. The bigger the problem, the more wealth they built. Their wealth was an quote-unquote accidental byproduct of the problem they solved for humanity. And I was like, light bulb, right? Because I've always been taught you bring value, you get rewarded for it. Don't focus on the money, focus on bringing value, right? And that's just saying the same thing in a more clear, precise way. So if you're looking to, to become wealthy, focus on solving big problems and the money is going to come to you. It's just the law. Y'all have a good weekend. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.